Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Fashion Unzipped, in association with Tag Heuer, Swiss avant-garde since 1860. You're listening to Fashion Unzipped. I'm your host, Charlie Gowans-Eglinton, Senior Fashion Editor at The Telegraph. With me in the studio today is journalist, blogger and author Hannah Rochelle. And joining us on the phone is The Telegraph's Head of Fashion, Lisa Armstrong. I weighed myself this morning and I've tipped over into the next stone, which can only mean one thing. This week's episode is a Milan Fashion Week special. Today we're going to be talking about model controversies, the death of trainers and, a little off topic but we couldn't resist, the Oscars. But first of all, having seen all the collections from Milan, what's on everybody's fantasy shopping list? Lisa? Oh gosh, I mean, they were just such beautiful coats, weren't there? It's interesting because they kind of, they they pretty much have stopped doing fur. I don't think we saw any fur, which is unusual for, for Milan, but we all know why. And um, but it made them just do the most beautiful wool coats. Um, they were everywhere. I love the ones at Todd's. I love the ones at Max Mara, obviously. And um, I also there's a you know this Charlie already because we've discussed it. But there's a kind of little sporty navy jacket at Sport Max. I don't mean sportswear, but it just had little flaps, and it was with a grey pleated skirt. I just love that look. I think that's my look for next season. You went quite specific, I thought. You were really shopping, Lisa. I really, really wasn't, actually. <laughs> and um, But that just jumped out at me. It's just... I, do you know what Milan was very good at this week? Was taking all the familiar classics and, and tweaking them just enough to make you either want to upgrade your current version or go, go back into your wardrobe and tweak it a little bit. Because the other thing I thought that was big was actually a very micro trend, which was ankle socks, which are normally, you know, just at the kooky shows and a sort of Mutual Prada special. But they were in loads of loads of shows this time and they look really sleek. I think designers were using them as a as a sort of fresh take on the sock boot. They actually were taking literally a sock and a shoe or a sandal. And sometimes they were the same colour as the shoe, sometimes toning, sometimes a bit sort of clashy. But they looked great, I thought. Very elegant. What about you, Hannah? I was really into the baggy trousers, baggy slacks. Yeah. Um, so at Gucci um, and Jill Sander, and as someone who's five foot three, it's a bit of an odd one to think of buying because I might have to actually get it altered. But um, I just thought they looked really fresh and uh, just just a bit new. 
and I loved how they were styled with big chunky shoes and trainers, although I know we didn't see that many of them on the catwalk. I also really loved at Prada the little bags on the boots, which I thought was a brilliant idea. I often leave the house now with just my phone and not really anything else, my keys. So you could just keep your keys in your little bag boot um, and it would be really practical. So those would be my, my top two. I loved the Prada show. I mean, it was an absolute nightmare for anyone suffering from trypophobia, you know, the fear of small holes, <laughs> because the floor, as as you walked in, was black sponge. So you kind of sunk in. But I was in flat, so it was actually very um, comfortable. And then you, we were sitting on uh, sort of mountains of black foam as well. But this, it was this kind of dark romance. So there were appliqued roses on things, but they had... Mitya had done these just gorgeous black trouser suits that were sort of cinched across with a bit of a almost like um a climbing pull you know mm. it very kind of big hardware on them but just beautiful and lots of flat shoes that you know all the models could walk in yeah and Jill Sander I also loved and they had these beautiful long summer dresses white summer dresses with tea towel stripes around the bottom which I really rather liked that's a nice idea and the invitation was a chic Jill Sander tea towel which has now got pride of place in my kitchen fabulous one of the big talking points of the week was when Edie Campbell shared that she was told she was too big to open or close one of the shows in Milan that she did walk in. Uh, so those are the kind of coveted slots for a model to either open or, or close the show. And that was the slot she had been promised by her agent and, and been promised in negotiations. Lisa, what did you make of this on the day? Appalling. <laughs> and to know, I mean, I don't know what planet, on what planet she would be considered in any way, sort of um, outside the mod- the acceptable model range. I mean, let alone outside the acceptable normal range, whatever that might be. I mean, you don't look at Edie and think, oh, she's a bit big. She's a bit big. And you certainly don't look at her and think she's a bit big for a model. It's just bizarre. I, it, but you know what? I, I, these stories, you still hear these stories. She just went public with it. That's the difference. I think it's quite refreshing that models are now able to go public with these stories. Yes, and, and, I, and I hope out. more of it. I mean, the thing is, of course, Edie's very, very successful and obviously felt comfortable doing that, but a lot of them don't feel they can do that. It's all part of that fashion not 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 getting to grips ever with any problems, really, unless they immediately impact their bottom line. We did see, though, models of different ages on the catwalks, which was refreshing in Milan. Yeah. And this was carrying on from, from New York and London, actually. So, And what was lovely about it was that, you know, they, they weren't necessarily going for the really old, let's make a great big attention grabbing statement about this and cast a 95-year-old. Not that there would be anything wrong with having a 95-year-old. But, you know, they, these were just, this was just, the normal aging of humans. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you you know, you had Stephanie Seymour, 50, Shalom Harlow, 45. Um, So they walked in the Versace show? They did. And at Ferragamo, there were were models um, in their late 40s, weren't there? And there was Kirsty Hume. I'm not quite sure how old she is. She's definitely in her 40s. They, They just look so wonderful in the Ferragamo show because they were wearing really sort of, 
gorgeous natural makeup and they looked as though they'd just walked in from their wonderful lives that they seem to be having and onto the catwalk it was really it, to me that was the fantasy because it was like okay well we know we can't look like a 19 year old model but we might we might dream of looking like those women i don't think i'll ever look like stephanie seymour in that black versace dress me neither me neither <laughs> but and and you know and also stephanie seymour in that black that was a kind of iteration, wasn't it, of the Liz Hurley dress, safety pin dress. Exactly. And actually the invitations for the show was like a was packet safety of safety pins, pins yeah. that you might buy in a haberdasher's, but, you know, big Versace ones. A punky thing. But but what I thought was great about that is because when I interviewed Donatella last week, she said, you know, you should never dress your age. And I salute, I salute her, her spirit. And I thought Stephanie Seymour in that, I mean, that was a dress that a lot of 20-somethings would um, maybe balk at wearing. And, you know, Stephanie Seymour's body is, I mean, it's an amazing body, but it's, it's not exactly the same body she had when she was 24. Um, and, I, and I really thought she was the, the kind of living embodiment of Donatella's spirit, really. What did you make of what people were wearing off the catwalks? Because it was unseasonably warm in Milan for February, as, as it was in London. Um, so we had kind of 18 degree days everything looked a bit smarter. And actually, Lisa, we didn't spot very many trainers no, you were mentioning no, earlier. No, that, no, that, that's kind of, that's amazing, isn't it? Because I remember just in September um, posting a picture and 90% of the front row were, 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 in, um, were in sneakers. And it looked like that was a kind of, that was the new normal, didn't it? Because mm-hmm. they just were so comfortable. There was so much a part of, of, modern dressing but it, it seemed like they would be here for a really a good few years and and not only that but they're now such a huge part of many brands revenue stream I mean they're like 50 percent of some brands um, revenue if not more so um, worrying I would have thought but yeah they really were they were really few and far between don't you think yeah I mean there seemed to be a lot more it was sort of strappy sandals with a, a lot of foot on show so pretty much as as far as an extreme as you can get from a trainer I thought um, yeah in Milan it wasn't so much that I think people were doing very much you would approve Hannah yeah as the maestro of on bro the, <laughs> the flat um shoe um championing Instagram but there were still lots of flat shoes and low heels I mean we haven't yet got back to the point where we're all having to teeter around in four centimetres no. and I, I mean I hope that never comes because I don't I, think it will Lisa I think that 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 ship has sailed now do you because we thought we thought trainers were here to stay I mean I just remember do you remember that season Hannah I don't know when it was maybe five years ago when so many fashion editors fashion editors grown women uh, you know were falling flat on their faces yeah, actually, yeah. and it was so it was awful because it was I mean, it was dangerous. It's just horrible to watch. And it's horrible, horrible to, watch to watch on the catwalk as well when models can't, can't. If models can't walk in them, then how are we mere mortals expected to? But we shouldn't to? be trying to do that. I mean, you know, okay, if you really love that look, then it's a kind of evening sitting, sitting look. I yes, being, being driven somewhere. <laughs> but, um, I mean, trying to pretend that you can go about a normal day in those shoes. Oh my god, it just seems like it's the equiv- it was the 21st century equivalent of 
kind of crinolines and panniers. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think although a, a heel is creeping back in, it is a lower heel, isn't it? And the shoes are much more comfortable. It's just that... But will you, will you ever do a low heel? No, I can't now. I've made my bed. I have to lie in it. I've said I'm never wearing <laughs> heels again. For, li- for listeners at home... This is why I never say never to anything. <laughs> for listeners at home, Hannah's blog and her books celebrate flat shoes. She is known for only wearing flat shoes. But, and Hannah, what's... Because you're like my height, aren't you? I'm five foot three, yeah. Oh, no, you're even smaller than I am. Because, I mean, I love, 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 love a flat. But there are times when I just feel I need a bit of a hit. If I'm wearing, like, wider trousers. I mean, this is why, although I love the baggy trousers that that were in Milan, it will. And the reason I loved them was the way they were styled with flat shoes. Mm. But that is going to be difficult for me. As, as a shorter person to, to pull that look off and it might transpire that I try it on and I just look completely swamped by my trousers, which isn't a good look at all. So, there, yeah, I mean, there are times when I just have to sort of say, I can't do that look because I don't wear heels and I'm not tall. Yes. But I'm happy with that if it means I'm comfortable. And Yeah, and also in a way, it's, not, it's quite good to not, let's not say limit your options, but marry, Marie Kondo your options, streamline them. <laughs> Because I think when you're younger, you, you can do everything and you kind of get end up, you can end up all over the place. Yeah. So it's quite nice to say, well, actually, you know, this is my, these three things are my basic go-tos. Yeah. And, and then, and then and not get distracted by the other stuff. I, I luckily haven't said I will never wear a heel again, but I, I shoot me if I wear, if I teeter around in four inches. I'll never forget one season in Paris. I had these really unbelievably high shoes. I didn't even like them. Um, they were like stripper shoes. I mean, I can't, I mean, they were stripper <laughs> shoes. And I remember having to walk along the pavement, sort of next to the wall, sort of clutching on. And uh, somebody said to me, you look like a toddler, <laughs> just learning to walk. Was, I mean, don't tell me heels are empowering. Cause <laughs> no, the least empowering thing in the world for me personally is to wear a pair of heels because I can't. I can I can stand still in them, and that's about it. If, if any movements required, then it, it all goes wrong. Charlie, you're quite tall. What's your take? I mean, I love a pair of heels, but I love a specific kind of heel. So you know, the Prada platform. Yeah, yeah, shoes, I love that. They're yeah. so comfortable. Yeah, you mean so that that's that three inch heel with like a two inch platform. So it's almost like wearing a flat. It's form. almost flat. Mm. And LK Bennett do great two. ones they as well. They are great under trousers. Those Prada uh, ones. Yeah, and LK Ben. I mean, lots of they were they were quite widely available on the high street at one point. And I wear stacked heel boots, so I you know I don't wear flats all the time, but I don't do a four inch stiletto. No way. Not you know not even a three inch stiletto. I might do a kitten heel on a special occasion, but then as soon as you walk on a cobble, you've ruined the heel anyway. Yeah. So it's all a lot of faff, isn't it? Involved, in especially that. in Milan with the amount of cobbles. <laughs> especially in Milan. I have, in a very let them eat cake moment, discovered the perfect heel to walk in. And it's those um, Chanel slingbacks. Mm. With a little kitten heel. Not the, no, it's not the, the kitten heel, one. it's a block heel. Ah. And the ones that come in tan and black and also all black. Yeah, Is but they the come in low, every season they do them in a... In a like the, there was a there's a metallic one uh, where well, there was it's sold out and you know in a tweed and I mean God I hope they I hope they always do it and I can keep on bankrupting myself and because that that's a hill that you can walk in you really can walk in that 
But the problem is that any conventional shoe, because of, of that sort of unpadded front bit sole, mm. will never feel as comfortable as, um, as a sneaker now. No, I think we've all been spoiled, haven't we, comfort-wise? Yeah, and I remember Paul Andrew, who's the creative director of uh, Ferragamo, he started as a shoe designer, and he said to me, well, I mean, I just, you know, I just don't like the, um, I mean, the, the, the trainer, it's just making everyone's feet square-shaped because your feet spread. And I mean, he is right. My feet are now, if not absolutely square-shaped, definitely rectangular. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a witch's feet. <laughs> Real dull. More like a platypus or something. <laughs> I mean, oh god. Okay, no, I've got to get my feet back into training. I mean, okay. Not trainers, training. training. How, how do you do this? No foot binding, I hope. Would I? Um, <laughs> I don't know. There must be foot exercises you can do to slim your feet and make them all sort of balletic. I don't know. Actually, don't, you don't really want balletic feet because most ballerinas have. Enormous bunions. Yeah. Here's hoping we'll read about it in your next beauty column, Lisa. Foot training. Yeah, I did go to a foot training class at um, an Austrian spa I went to. in some. Did you? Yeah. It was all in German, so I think I maybe missed some of the finer points. <laughs> but it was really very big. I, I was so glad <laughs> that they took those subjects so seriously. <laughs> well, it wasn't just the shoes that were moving away from that kind of really casual athleisure look. We saw a lot of dressier options as well. And actually, Lisa, in your review of the Dolce & Gabbana show, you wrote that Stefano Gabbana told you, elegance is back, streetwear is dead. Yeah, he was wearing streetwear at the time. Was but, he? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Practice what you preach. <laughs> is athleisure really going to go away, though? I think it is. I think it's. I think it really. Sorry. Look. Obviously, there will always be people who wear it because there always there have been for years, ever since the shell suit, right, of the early nineties. But um, what starts on the fashion front rows it ripples out to anybody who's interested in fashion, eventually. And um, yeah, I think. What, what, so what I think is that that sort of thing that we were telling everybody to do a, a year or two ago is like. Yeah, you can wear a fabulous pair of um, jogging pants to an evening out with trainers, provided, you know, they're velvet or satin or whatever. I I think that's going to go away. Because certainly I sort of miss dressing up. And I've now just recently started, you know, getting dressed for dinner if I have the option, you know, if I can nip home beforehand or bring something to the office. Because... Actually, there's a real joy in that, on putting on a great pair of earrings or, you know, changing your blouse and but feeling... it's funny, Charlie, because I, I, I used to pack evening wear to go to the shows, and I haven't done that for quite a while. And even this time, I did take some sort of changes of blouse. I thought I was being really clever and sort of capsule wardrobe and packing um, different tops to wear in the evening that felt a slightly more dressy, and I didn't wear them at all. because And nobody else seemed to have changed for it you know, between day and night. Or if they did, it was just a, a different version of what they were already wearing. And and I did my thing of, you know, taking big dangly earrings. Didn't wear those either. We've still got a way to go then, do you think, before we get into full dressing up days again? It's so coded at fashion shows, isn't it, that you, you do sometimes have to say, well, actually, what? how much application does that have for real life? I mean, I think people outside the fashion world do love dressing up 
But I think I think that the vibe will won't be at leisure, elevated at leisure. But I think it will still be it will be sort of eleganza, <laughs> as Stefano um, Gabbana would say. But I think it will be not uh, not the full on works. I mean, actually, mm. you know, you look at the Oscars on Sunday night. There were quite a few women in trousers, weren't there? But I do think as well the and, and one man in a ball dress. <laughs> we're going to we're going to come to the Oscars in a minute, so I want more on that. Mm. But we are starting to see certainly all the embellishment that is happening at the moment. E- even what's percolating into the shops now is really at odds with the athleisure thing, because you know all these pearl hair clips and mm. big hair bands that everyone's wearing. You know, very Sloan Ranger. People are adding bows to their hair now, yeah, yeah. or there's there's big bows on dresses, certainly on Definitely. the red carpets as well. It's a lot more dressed up. It's it's a shift away from that kind of maybe you look smart, but you also look like you might not have intended to. That kind of effortless thing. We're we're adding a lot more frippery. Yeah, well, it's kind of irresistible, isn't it? I suppose mm. you can only be minimalist for so long if you're not inherently minimalist. I guess. It's interesting, pearls have made a huge comeback, but little pearls, multiple little pearls in, in people's ears, in the, all up their lobes. Have you noticed that? Well, everyone's got all these multiple piercings now. You've got to put something in them, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you and I have had our ups and downs with multiple piercings, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lisa, I wanted to ask you, so Dolce & Gabbana found itself at the centre of this huge racism and hacking scandal late last year. Obviously, they've they've had shows since then, but they had to call off that show that they were planning. What was the mood like? Did it feel any different? Because normally... Um, yes, it did. I mean, just to, just to recap a little bit, they did a show in China in, in uh, at the beginning of... Or was it, it was in November, wasn't it? And um, the, the sort of... Uh, the ad campaign that they released in China for that showed a Chinese model um, attempting to eat traditional uh, Italian dishes um, with chopsticks and they kept dropping out. Now, look, you can argue that ad any way, any which way. If you you put that into a British context and had, you know, um, a British person trying to um, eat noodles out of a bowler hat. I don't think anyone would have been tonight, but the Chinese found it very offensive, apparently. And it was a huge hoo-ha. They had to cancel the show with their 400 models and all the press and guests who'd flown in. And, um, you know, as, and, and they've been taken off websites in China. So they're not, you know, that's a big loss of business to them. So, yes, it felt very different. They said, oh, we're not, they, they'd banned all, in, all influencers from the show. So that's a complete volta fast from two years ago when the influencers and millennials were all over the front row and all over the catwalk, weren't they? They had just gazillions of um, millennials in the show. Um, and and when you've got a, a biography of each of who all these um, millennials works, none of us recognize them. The, the, the most salient feature in all those biogs was how many followers they had, right? Well, that was all gone that was all gone. I did see a couple of uh, guests wearing um, Dolce crowns. <laughs> so the kitsch hasn't completely <laughs> been removed. But there was It wouldn't a... be Milan without them, would it? No, we'd miss them. We like a crown. And um, there was... Um, but, but 
yeah, I mean, it was very stripped back of kitsch on the runway. I mean, it's all relevant, isn't it? You know, relative, rather. Because, you know, they'd flown in this British announcer, continuity announcer, to do their old-fashioned show com- commentary. You know how the fashion shows used to be in the 50s and 60s. Number one, blue wool suit, that kind of thing. And there were, I can't remember how many outfits, over 100, and each one had a description. So it was, it was not a quick show. Uh, and they were, but it was all done. So the set was like these big swagged red curtains. So it did look a bit like Strictly Com Dancing rather than a kind of Chanel or Dior couture show from the 50s. But anyway, uh, it, it, the, the main focus was on their tailoring. And that's what they started with in the 90s. They are incredible tailors. I mean, didn't you all, didn't both of you just want one of those suits? Hannah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's what I I think as well is it's refreshing that, that that quite a few designers seem to be going back to what what they're known for and what they're good at rather than uh, bowing down to the athleisure trend and and trying to make the house do something it, it was never really meant to do if you see what I mean so in terms of Dolce then that is the tailoring and and that really stood out for sure at the show. Fashion unzipped in association with Tag Heuer. Excellence, precision, and elegance. Our timepieces are designed for those who love challenges. Beautiful tailoring on the catwalks, but on the red carpet at the Oscars on Sunday night, very few trouser suits in sight because everyone was going ball gowns, the bigger the better, and not just the women. Uh, Lisa, I've very much enjoyed this morning your uh, man-spreading Instagram post. Please explain. Well, I know, I know, I don't want to sound churlish because, you know, we're all about diversity. But, like, if ever there was a dress that was not going to allow room for anybody else on the page, (laughs) Billy Porter's was it. I mean, like, if you were trying to do three different pictures in your Instagram, you had to squidge the other two right to the very edges. Um, I mean, really, he and, and Lady Gaga should have had a head-to-head, shouldn't they? I don't know. What does anybody else think about that? It did smack a bit to me of um, kind of opportunistic attention-seeking. I thought it was quite fabulous. I mean, it was very well planned. He, His people issued a press release, uh, you know, the minute he was on the red carpet, talking about how he kind of felt being being black and being gay meant that his masculinity was in question. And actually, you know... What was interesting was that this wasn't a man in drag. It was just a man. The top half of his outfit was like a tuxedo jacket Mm. and then it was a full ball skirt. And it must be boring for men on the red carpet when you can only wear a suit. And we are starting to see people like Timothy Chalamet wearing more interesting things on the red carpet. Yes. I mean, if they've got the whole award season to get through and they can only wear a tux, spits and all really, isn't it? Yeah, and it's interesting that they're using the ball gown, which is like the most constraining, most alt-traditional piece of clothing, and 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 making it kind of a piece of um, agitprop. Really, I thought that was quite fascinating. I don't know, Hannah. What? what well, was it? I think I thought it was fabulous as well, and I and I do think that um, it wasn't the most interesting 
Oscars we've ever seen in no. ter- in terms of of the the clothes and without him quite boring. I love Gemma Chan's dress. Gemma Chan's was great and almost as big. Beautiful pink tiered Valentino dress. Oh. And she, what was interesting about her dress, it was big, wasn't it? But it mm. also looked very billowy and it looked as though when you sat down on it, it would kind of disappear into, it didn't look as though there was a whole load of uncomfortable structure underneath it. No, it did look like it would be lovely to it was wear. very, very, yeah, absolutely. Go- oh my gosh, I love that. And lots of ruching. So that's good if you do sit down, you get some creases in, you wouldn't see them. And pockets. Handy. Lest us forget. Love a pocket. (laughs) (laughs) And what else did everyone... I thought Olivia Coleman looked beautiful in this... In that green, green, in the bottom green. Green Prada. She did look absolutely gorgeous, her makeup. But yes, I mean, I... Do you know, for the first time ever, I wasn't that excited even to look at the dresses. I don't know. Because I think there's just award ceremony fatigue. Surely not awards season fatigue. It's the Oscars. It's the biggest one of them all. I know, but it's the last one of them all, isn't it? And I just, I I think the Globes and even the BAFTA, I mean, the BAFTA's ceremony, that script was terrible. But um, I, I don't know. I think once you've watched that through the Globes and the BAFTA's, you're kind of done. And I think it might have something to do with the films as well. Because, I mean, I loved... I loved Roma and the favourite, but these are, in a way, they're quite niche. So then the the Academy decided they better be popular. So they picked a film that everyone said was pretty terrible. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know. Are people going to tune in? Maybe the the Grammys are just more fun for younger generations. And... I mean, it would be it would be really interesting to see what the viewing figures are like. But I was reading a piece today on business of fashion actually that said fewer and fewer people are tuning in, and fewer and fewer people are tuning in for the fashion. Hannah, were you gripped? Um, not gripped, but I would like to have a special shout out for Frances McDormand, who teamed a pink dress with custom yellow Birkenstocks. I don't know if you saw. She wasn't actually on the red carpet because she doesn't do red carpet, but she did come onto the stage um, and yeah, she was wearing Birkenstocks and I just thought that was absolutely brilliant because obviously that's what I would do Mm. if I was going to the Oscars. I probably wouldn't. It sounds very stylish. She looked great. There's a piece in Tuesday's Telegraph about how Meryl Streep was there kind of incognito with a cap pulled over her head. <laughs> I kind of love that. That is amazing. I you know that Meryl Streep can go incognito, though. <laughs> Surely you'd always be able to tell it was Meryl. Well, it depends how, how far the cap was pulled down. I don't know. I'd like to know what J-Lo is doing and eating and, you know, if she has access to some kind of death becomes her potion because the woman is not ageing. She's incredible. Just not, she? she just looks fantastic. She was wearing mirror mosaic Tom Ford. Mm. It was very J-Lo, which I think should give you all the description you need. I just want to complain here. Tom Ford, when I interviewed him three weeks ago, said to me, I can't, no one wants to wear me on the red carpet because they're all being paid by other brands and even my friends won't wear me because I will not pay them. He got two, at least two women wearing him last night. It's a good night for Tom. Bad Tom for telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I think that's all we've got time for. Thank you both so much for joining me. We'll be back next week with our final catwalk special from Paris. 
Lisa, can't wait to go. <laughs> no, 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 I enjoyed that. That's the highlight. I've not got to go back to rating 1,200 words on hair accessories. <laughs> Any thoughts, please? Hannah, would you ever wear a hair accessory? Yeah, I've got a couple of little little hair slides. Have you? Yeah, um, but I don't wear them very often. I don't really do very much with my hair. I wouldn't wear a hair band. I'm, I, that's not very me. I wouldn't go there. Yeah, I, 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 I put them on and then I take them off. <laughs> You've still not done your My Night in a Turban, Lisa. No, 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 it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> Join the conversation at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk or find me on Instagram and Twitter at Charlie Gowans. Thanks for joining us. Fashion Unzipped, in association with Tag Heuer, Swiss avant-garde since 1860. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.